We are on a journey. Estamos en una jornada. Each one of us, precious individual souls, finding our way, called incessantly into wholeness, drawn ineluctably into the light. And also, we as a community, an interconnected community of faith, journeying together, todos juntos, as a congregation now for nearly four centuries, committed ever more deeply to building and living the beloved community, delighting in diversity, inviting transformation, struggling for justice, standing on the side of love. We have come so far, you and I, individually and together. We have come so far, haven't we? And we have so far to go. Americans are notorious for being in a hurry, always restless, always reaching for the next shiny thing, the next big score. We know we're supposed to stop and smell the roses. I don't know about you, half the time I don't even notice the roses. <laughs> what roses? Can't smell them if I don't see them. My teacher, the Vietnamese Zen master and peace activist Thich Nhat Hanh says, we are very good at preparing to live, but not very good at living. We know how to sacrifice 10 years for a diploma, and we are willing to work very hard to get a job, a car, a house, and so on, but we have difficulty remembering that we are alive in the present moment the only moment there is for us to be alive. Every, every breath we take, Thich Nhat Hanh says, can be filled with peace, joy, and serenity. We need only to be awake, alive, in the present moment. And so this day, this homecoming, I invite us to celebrate the journey, not taking our eyes off the prize, but placing our attention this morning on how far we've come already and the joy of being together in community in the present moment. It's astonishing how much this congregation has accomplished, how far we have traveled in just the last couple of years. In December 2008, in three weeks' time, we raised $175,000 in new pledges to support expanded staffing and our participation in the Diversity of Ministry initiative. In January 2009, by a 92% majority, this congregation declared our intention to call a new minister of color, Latino, Latina, or multiracial minister. 
In June 2009, we convened a transformation team to nourish and coordinate our efforts toward becoming a multiracial, multicultural, justice-making congregation. In March 2010, this congregation called the Reverend Lilia Cuervo, a native of Colombia, as our associate minister. And yes, that's an applause line. <laughs> In June 2011, this congregation voted to approve the new mission statement Chris McElroy shared with us this morning. We embraced the vision of a multicultural, spirit-filled community that works for justice, fosters spiritual curiosity and faith formation, shares joy, heals brokenness, and celebrates the sacred in all, while welcoming people of all beliefs, ages, classes, colors, ethnicities, abilities, sexual orientations, and gender identities and expressions. These are just a handful of the things this congregation has done just in the last few years. You'll hear more at our Celebrating the Journey reception downstairs after worship. Unmistakably, inevitably, and Miraculously, we are changing. What was until recently an overwhelmingly white European-American congregation is changing in complexion and culture. Increasingly, our pews are filled with worshipers with many different accents of different colors and classes and backgrounds and abilities and genders. Well, so what? Who cares? What's the point? <laughs> Thank you, it was a rhetorical question. <laughs> for me, and for many of us, but not for everyone. I think for many of us, those are very real questions. And questions are what Unitarian Universalists do best of all. My answer is just two words, beloved community. When I arrived here in 2008 and began talking about beloved community, some people warned me, don't use that phrase. Thomas Michelson preached about it constantly and people are sick of it. <laughs> well, Thomas Michelson was right. And I keep talking about beloved community because it's too important not to. Beloved community. So much resonance, so much sacredness in two words. Who is beloved? You are. I am. We are beloved. The community is beloved. By whom are we beloved? By one another? By the community? By the universe? And by that transcendent principle and power and spirit of love that some, though not all of us, call God.
And because the phrase beloved community was embraced and amplified by Dr. Martin Luther King Jr., it is forever charged with his dream of unity in diversity. People, Dr. King said, often hate each other because they fear each other. They fear each other because they don't know each other. They don't know each other because they cannot communicate. They cannot communicate because they are separated. Dr. King understood that our differences do not divide us. They enrich us. Dwelling together, listening deeply to one another, changing and being changed by one another. These are spiritual practices. And so we have embarked together on this journey toward beloved community. But a journey is a fearful thing. A fearful thing. You can't reach your destination by staying in the same place. When you go on a journey, you leave something behind. The future inescapably means death. Death of the past. So any journey, while cause for celebration, is also cause for grief. And it's okay to grieve. It's okay to miss where we used to be, even while delighting in and being proud of where we are and where we're headed. Maybe we don't know everybody in the congregation anymore. But there are more people to know and more different kinds of people. Worship may not be as soothing, but it may be more uplifting. Maybe we don't even feel as well served personally, but we may find deeper fulfillment in serving others. We at First Parish come from a proud tradition. We are creating a proud tradition. Some 2,500 years ago, the Chinese philosopher Lao Tzu wrote, the journey of a thousand miles starts from beneath your feet. Rushing into action, you fail. Trying to grasp things, you lose them. Forcing a project to completion, you ruin what was almost ripe. Therefore, the master takes action by letting things take their course. She remains as calm at the end as at the beginning. He has nothing, thus has nothing to lose. What she desires is non-desire. What he learns is to unlearn. The master simply reminds people of who they have always been. 
Amen, and blessed be.